have your Bibles, we're going to be turning open to the book of Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. Amen. Thank you for standing so long. Amen. I thank God for uh, people that, that have a testimony. And, and if you got a testimony, you can share it with me. And maybe you'll share it with the church. And, and uh, we'll, we'll probably be doing a, a, a gratitude service around Thanksgiving. And uh, different than a complaint money or a... <laughs> cry a moany. It's a, it's a gratitude. We're thankful to God for what he is doing, what he has done. And, uh, and I, I like with that, you know, Brother Machado said, you know, there's, uh, in fact, that goes right in line with what I'm teaching. If you want to come and uh, if you got a key, you're welcome to come to the church anytime. But also, uh, if you know that somebody else is going to be here and, and uh, again, men, if there's men praying, ladies, if there's ladies praying, just feel free. Amen to pray together in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 24. The Bible says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Amen. I want to teach us for a few for a few moments tonight on this subject. Some assembly required. Some assembly required. Would you set down your Bibles and let's pray in the name of Jesus. Would you pray with us as we, we ask God to teach us and to speak to us. God, I want you to open up my mind and open up my heart that I would understand the scriptures, God. Help me to speak your word and, and, and to, to deposit something into all of our spirits that we can all grow in you and really be what you have called us to be. I believe that there's people here tonight that want to grow in God. I believe there's people that are already striving for this, God. And I pray that you would help us and, and continue to bless us tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Some assembly required. Now, I want to start off this, this teaching here tonight to preface what I'm going to be talking about. I'm going to be primarily speaking about corporate prayer. So it goes right in with what you were talking about, Brother Machado. Um, I also want to give some people a moment to breathe. Uh, I know that sometimes this verse has been utilized to uh, simply be a rebuke. And, uh, and, 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 you know, somebody once told me, you know, it's great to teach on things when people are doing well. And, uh, and so sometimes we got to talk about things, but we talk about them out of that season so that if you ever come into a season where you need that word, you can pull it up. And so uh, that's one of these moments. You know, coronavirus and this whole season has actually helped us without even needing to preach or teach or use that verse as a rebuke because being separated one from another for so long has caused each and every one of us to reconsider and to reevaluate, amen, what value we place on gathering and assembling together. So I think we're in a great position to talk about this tonight. And everybody said amen. And so this, is, this verse has been used as a rebuke, and justifiably so, because uh, it is, it is, it is the, the apostle, uh, whether, you, whether you think it was Paul or Apollos that wrote the book of Hebrews, either one doesn't really matter. Uh, they were right nonetheless, but... He does command them to not forsake the assembling of themselves together, as some have become accustomed to doing. 
But we understand the context of what he is saying when we look at verse 24. It helps us to understand the heart of the matter. Assembly is, is for the sake of provoking one another to love and to good works. And that's my intent here tonight. I want to provoke somebody to love and to good works. Amen. Because if we miss the intent of this verse, there can become assembling for the sake of assembling. And there's some people you can twist their arm. And I made a decision when I started pastoring here that I'm not going to twist people's arms to be in church. Amen. Because if I do it now, I'm going to have to do it for 25, 30 years, and I'm going to have to try to drag people into heaven. I don't believe anybody's going to be drugged into heaven. You're going to have to make a decision. Amen. You're going to have to make it up in your mind. I'm walking in willingly. I'm showing up willingly. I'm going to worship willingly. Nobody's going to force me. Nobody's got to text me. Nobody's got to call me. I'm going to be there because I want to be. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify Jesus. Amen. I've seen it happen. I've seen some people that, that, that you can twist their arm to do things, and they do it, but they're bitter about it. And they resent the fact that they had to be there. I'd rather people show up willingly and want to be there. Because the atmosphere is so much different when people say, man, this is, let me just help you here tonight. This is the Wednesday night crowd. You guys are the, the Jesus-aholics, the church-aholics. You chose to be here on a Wednesday night. You're the radical ones that said, we just want more. You came in. You might have been working up until church, but you showed up and said, I want to be there, and nobody's going to stop me. Nothing's going to stop me. group here tonight now if there's some folks please pray there's some folks take me today and they let me know that due to the smoke they cannot be here tonight and some of them have respiratory conditions and and we understand all that so please understand uh, but but ultimately th there can be assembling for the sake of assembling and there can be assembling that you have constrained somebody to do it and you force somebody to do it and and ultimately it misses the heart of the matter that we are coming together that we can provoke one another to love. Amen. When you come to church, I want you to love coming to church. When you come to worship, I, I think you, want, you don't want a pastor that just says, man, I have to be here. I, I have to preach. I have to teach. No, you want somebody that says, man, I was glad when they said unto me. Nobody made me. I didn't look like I sucked on a lemon for six months. I was glad. I was happy that I got to go to church. I was thankful that there was people praying before service. I was grateful that somebody preached the word. I, I was provoked to love and good works when I came to church. Amen. There's also the other assembling that's not church related. There could be assembling uh, that, that people gather together and it leads to bitterness and bad works. I've been in a few places like that. It's just, uh, it's, it's a prayer meeting, but it becomes a gossip session. You know, pray for so-and-so, they're struggling in this, and they just start telling everybody's business. That's, that's not assembling for love and good works, amen. Uh, it, it's not to assemble to gossip. It's not assemble to tear down. It's not assemble to destroy. 
Amen. That's not what we are called to do. We don't assemble for the worse, as Paul would talk about. He said you come together for the worse. You come together to get drunk. And he said that's not what you're supposed to do. You're to come together to love God and worship God. We are called to assemble. We are called to come together. But it is to be able to provoke one another to go further. Amen. Church is not a place where you get stagnant, and it certainly shouldn't be a place place where you get worse. Amen. But church should be something that is prodding you and provoking you saying you can love a little more. You can be a little better. You can come up another level. You can grow in God. You can grow in life. You can be built up. Somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Amen. The whole concept of assembly at the heart of the apostolic community is to gather for the sake of provoking one another to love and to good works. Everything we do is that we can get better, amen, in every area, amen, and never lose the motive behind why we assemble. Uh, you know, sometimes it's better to cancel an event than to put it on. I'll help you here just a moment. Sometimes it's better to cancel the event when people don't want to do it. They don't want to be there. It's better to say, well, fine, let's just stay home because it's not going to have the motive of love and provoking to good works. But I believe that if we keep the atmosphere we got around here, it's just going to continue to get better. My pastor used to say it's just going to get gooder and gooder. Hallelujah. Often this verse is only used to refer to Sunday and midweek services. I, I, I personally disagree with that being the only application. I believe that this verse goes beyond our traditional interpretation. It, it, it is saying, don't forsake the assembling where your brethren and your sisters in Christ, amen, gather together, they assemble together for the sake, amen, to provoke you or so that you can be provoked to love and to good works. I, I don't just think it's Sunday and Wednesday. I believe that we should do our best, amen, to be on time to church because I don't forsake worship. I don't forsake Bible study. I don't forsake fellowship. I don't forsake potluck. Praise God for potluck. I don't forsake classes. I don't forsake, amen, youth nights if you're in the youth group. I don't forsake barbecues. Praise God for barbecues. Amen. Maybe it's not a church-sanctioned event, but if you've got somebody saying, would you come over so we can talk about the things of God? I don't forsake off nights. I don't forsake prayer meetings. I don't forsake, oh, somebody clap your hands. Why? Because I've made it up in my mind any place where my brethren and my sisters are going to provoke me or I can provoke them to love and good works. I'm not going to get in the habit of missing out because some assembly is required. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Praise God. Let me help somebody. We miss everything else to assemble. We don't miss assembling so we can get to everything else. Assembling together for the sake of love and of good works, amen, is a divine priority. I can take a principle, amen, from the book of 1 John where he says, you cannot say that you love God who you have not seen and hate your brother who you can see. That same principle can be, amen, brought into this context. You can't say that God is your priority if church is not your priority. We cannot say that God is our number one priority if worship is not our number one priority. 
We cannot say that God is our number one priority if fellowship with our brethren, amen, who are called the body of Christ is not our priority. We can't consistently skip assembly and say, God, I love you with my whole heart. I can't skip prayer meeting and say, God, I love you with everything that's within me. It is, it is an oxymoron for somebody to say that I love God, but I don't want to be around his people. We've got to make sure. We talked about this for about six months last year, and I want to say we're in a good position, church. Amen. I really feel, I really feel like that, but I want, to, I want to provoke somebody tonight to say, God, I really do love you with my whole heart, so I'm going to make a little adjustment here tonight. If maybe I have been setting aside and saying, well, I'll go to this, but I won't go to that. No, 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 no. I believe that church is a team sport. I believe it's a group effort. I don't believe that we can have revival church just us four and no more. Amen. You are... You are valued, and you are important. And when you don't make it to church, when you don't make it to fellowship, when you don't make it to potluck or barbecue, when you don't make it to prayer meeting, when you don't make it to the prayer room, I want you to know that your presence is missed and the spirit that you bring that would help provoke one another to love and good works is not there. Somebody needs to make it up in their mind tonight and say, God, I want to be there so I can provoke and be provoked. Oh, somebody clap your hands. Come on, let's worship him here tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're not there, you are missed. Amen. Yes, we will have church without you. Amen. Somebody said the key to discipleship is telling people, I'll be there, will you? And whoever shows up, that's who you can disciple. I can only pastor people that show up. I can only pray with people that show up to prayer meeting. I can, only, I can only help people that show up and say, I want to be helped. Amen. And it's the same thing. We can only provoke those which show up to the assembling together that want to be provoked to good work and to love. Amen. And, and some people say, well, I don't feel needed. I want you to know, no matter who you are, somebody is looking at you. Somebody. You might be shocked, but somebody's watching you worship. And if you say, I'm going to fold my arms today, and, 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 and you might be there in, in body, but in spirit, you're not assembling together because there's no provoking to love and to good works. Amen. And say, well, I'll let everybody else worship. I want you to know your worship to God is needed, not for us. Amen. Not just necessarily for one person. Amen. But it's for all of us. All of us benefit. Because when, when, when people gather together to worship, he inhabits the praises of his people. When they assemble to worship, guess what happens? God's presence comes down. And it doesn't just bless you. It blesses everybody around you. Amen. And so, so I do want to clarify. And, and, and I've, I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. We value family time. Because I don't believe that people can truly be everything that they're called to be. Uh, and they be, they, that they're saved and their family's lost. I believe that we ought to I believe we ought to take family time, vacations. I believe that those are all in order. However, those should be the exception and not the rule. If every every week it's I'm on vacation, you're you're backslidden. <laughs> you're not on vacation, you're just not saved. But we can pray you through tonight. Amen. I don't think there's anybody like that here tonight in Jesus' name. But I'll say it just because it's right. And, and so tonight, I want to focus primarily, and I'm not going to take the whole night, but I do want to just bullet point go through some of these. Uh, I, want to, I want to focus on, uh, because this is what we've been doing for this whole year, I really felt impressed in prayer, uh, to talk about prayer. And, uh, and so we're going to focus on the assembling together 
uh, and some assembly being required in prayer. I'm going to talk about corporate prayer. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's going to talk about corporate prayer. Okay, great. Yes, you can pray alone. Everybody get that? Yes, you can pray alone. We've talked about that for the whole year. Talked about different forms and methodology to pray. Different ways that you can pray. You can get a hold of God whether you're praying or you're meditating, you're reading his word. I believe you can get a word from God. This is not the Old Testament where one high priest can go in once a year and feel the presence of God and everybody else is out of luck. I believe the Bible says that we have access through his spirit. You, not just me, not just all of us, but you can come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain mercy and help in time of need. You have that ability. And so I think it goes without saying, yes, you can pray alone. Yes, you can worship alone. I, I, but I have to set it in order because some people say, well, I'll be saved, but I don't need the church. I have a prayer life, but I don't ever pray with anybody else. I have a worship life, but I don't want to go to church, and I don't want to worship with anybody else. I want you to know that's a fallacy. Amen. It was created all the way back in Genesis when God looked at man, already formed by the hand of God. He said, it's not good that the man should be alone. God just said everything else was good, but when he looked at man being by himself, he said, that's not good. The first thing that's not good in your Bible is being alone. Hallelujah. Being isolated where I don't need anybody else. I can just live for God all by myself. And you know what? That's not a sign of strength, friend. That's a sign of weakness when you say you don't need anybody else. It's a sign of strength when you say, hey, I'm smart enough and I'm humble enough to know I can't do this. Well, you're the pastor. You should be up. No, I can't do this without the church. I don't. I can't live for God effectively without the church because without the body of Christ, without assembling together, without praying together, without worshiping together, it's, you can't do it. It's not possible. In fact, you know what? The one thing, Jesus did all sorts of things. He did powerful things. I'm off on, I feel to preach, but I'm not supposed to preach tonight. You know, Jesus did so many incredible things. Amen. He went and he had created all of the heavens and the earth. He did it by speaking it. He did it by forming it. But when it came to the church, the Bible says he purchased it. It's the only thing he paid for. It's the only thing he had to purchase, and it was purchased by his blood. And you're sitting next to somebody thinking they're not a whole lot. I want you to know they were purchased by the precious blood of Jesus. And when we come on Wednesday night, I'm excited to be here because I'm sitting next to somebody that's valued enough that Jesus said, I'll pay for it. It could have been free for him, but he said, no, I will not just get it for free. I won't just wave my hand. I'll come down and I'll purchase it. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. And for somebody to say that I don't even value coming together to pray or to assemble enough is to look at Jesus and say, why would you pay for that? You wasted your blood. You wasted your money. You wasted your time. But Jesus does not look at us like a waste. He looks at us and says, I paid for that. I'm proud of that. Amen. Yes, there might be problems in the church. Yes, whenever you get people together, there's going to be issues. And we're going to, sometimes you're going to butt heads with a pastor. And sometimes I might trip and step on your shoes. But it's all right because he purchased us all. And he paid for this church. And so when we assemble together, amen, I, I, I've got enough biblical knowledge to know I cannot do this by myself because some assembly is still required. 
Amen. When he comes back, he splits the clouds. Amen. He's not just going to say, all right, you're going to come up, Brother Lavin, just you. No, no, no. He's going to call, and everybody's going to hear that trumpet. Amen. And all those who have been born again of water and spirit, we're going to go to, and we, we, we shall meet him. But if you don't assemble with the we, if you always separate yourself from the we, you always think it's all about me. No, 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 no. It's some assembly still required. If you're going to be saved, guess what? Noah, you got to get on the ark. Noah's sons, you can't rest on mommy and daddy. You got to get on the ark too. Noah's sons' wives that weren't even raised in the right family, you got to get on the boat too. Noah's wife, you can't rely on your husband. You got to get. We. Oh, somebody clap your hands and give him praise. Amen. And so when we, when we talk about the, the, the necessity of assembling together, especially when it comes to corporate prayer, because that's what we've been talking about this year, uh, I want you to know that corporate prayer is still required. You can pray alone. You can get a word from God alone. But there's some things that only happen when we pray together. The first century church proves this in the book of Acts. If you want to turn to the book of Acts, uh, we won't read all of the verses because I don't want to take up too much time. But you can literally read from Acts chapter 1 all the way to the end of Acts. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit, but you go home tonight and you go ahead and read it. And you think, well, I don't need to assemble with other people in prayer. You're going to be sorely disappointed. Amen. There's so many churches that want the revival of Acts. Amen. But we got to go back and talk about what the book of Acts church did. They assembled together to pray. Praise God. Acts chapter 1, Jesus told them not to leave Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. They were all assembled together, and they weren't just sitting around murmuring and complaining that they'd been waiting around and nothing's happened, and they didn't like the songs. No, 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 no. They gathered together. They were in one mind and one accord. There's only one way to get in one mind and one accord. And that's when people of individualistic thoughts begin to pray and we get the mind of the Spirit of God. They weren't just sitting around. They weren't just talking. They weren't on their cell phone. They were praying. And when they prayed, the Bible says suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You want to know what preceded a sound from heaven? An assembled together sound on earth. When there was a sound on earth that began to pray, not one person, not just Peter, not just James, not just John, not just Simon, not just Andrew, not just Bartholomew, but it was all 120. They were praying together, and the Holy Ghost fell on them. Oh, somebody clap your hands. There's some assembly still required. We got to pray together. We got to get in that prayer room and get in one mind. We want people to get the Holy Ghost. We got to pray until the Holy Ghost begins to fall. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. Somebody praise him here tonight. Church did not start with a song service. The church did not start with a great sermon. The church did not start with great uh, programs and activities. The church started with a prayer meeting. 
Jesus said, wait in Jerusalem until you be endued and given power from on high. But that power from on high was only going to happen when people assembled together in corporate prayer and they began to pray. You know what this is like and unto? Uh, amen. This is pre-service prayer. Uh, this is pre not just 30 minutes before, but this is on, on Tuesday. I'm praying and getting ready so that when we gather together, when we assemble together, we can believe uh, that God's going to do something. I want to see people filled with the Holy Ghost by the droves. I don't know about you, but I want to see people filled. Amen. I want to see 3,000 added to Apostolic Revival Center in one day. I believe we can have it. I believe we will have it. Call me crazy if you will. I've had too many dreams from God, too many visions from God. I believe that they're coming. God's drawing them, but he's going to get them to a church that's got the right atmosphere, that's gathering together in prayer. Church changes when we pray. I remember getting frustrated as an evangelist because I go some places and I knew I had a word from God. And I'd, be, I'd, I'd show up and I'd begin to preach and I knew there were some visitors there. They could get the Holy Ghost. But no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't fill people with the Holy Ghost. I wanted them to get it more than they wanted to get it. But I showed up and the church was deader than a doornail. And nothing was happening. Now, I still believe God will fill people if they're hungry for it. But the atmosphere that we see laid in Acts chapter 2 where 3,000 were added daily, amen, they started by the thousands they started getting added, was the whole church, not just 119. Not just Brother Jonathan. Now, that's not, you know, praise God for everybody that, amen, but it was all 120 saying, you know what, we see the vision. We're going to go after it. We're going to assemble together and we're going to pray. Amen, church. I want you to know that there's nothing like a corporate prayer meeting. Amen. You can have a private prayer meeting and God can work some things out in your life. But I'm going to tell you and I'm going to prove it here. There's only some things that come when the church gathers and assembles together for prayer. Acts chapter 3. Got your Bible. We're just going to flip open. Let's go to verse number number 1. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now, gentlemen back there, I didn't give you all the verses because we're not reading all of them. Acts chapter 3 and verse number 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of... They went how? To... By themselves? Individual prayer. They went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. And can you believe it? And I want to just help somebody here today. John was younger than Peter. This is a symbol of two different generations coming together. There is going to be no synergy between the older and the younger until we come together to pray. Because... I might be younger than a lot of people here today, and I think a lot differently than some folks. Uh, but once we begin to pray, I start thinking, you know what? They might be right about that. They've got a little wisdom. And at the same time, there might be some folks that are there that are a little older say, you know what? There's something there that maybe I haven't considered for this generation as David served his generation. Every this is the only way that churches can really bind together with different age groups, with different ethnicities, with different backgrounds. Is when we go up together hand in hand to the church house and we begin to pray together. 
Peter and John. What you have there is you have Peter who was a man who had revelation from God and he got the keys to the kingdom and yet he didn't say, well, I'm all important. I don't need anybody else. You have John who the Bible says was a disciple whom Jesus loved. Amen. You've got revelation and you've got relationship and when the church brings those two together and says we got revelation and we got a relationship with God, let's pray together. I want you to know what happens. The Bible says there was a man that was laid daily at the gate called beautiful. Amen. And he looked to receive something. But Peter and John said, look on us. Church, there's miracles. When we gather together, when we assemble together, if they'd have skipped prayer, if John would have skipped out, that man would have stayed lame. If But they got a revelation. Uh, we're going together. Uh, what are you doing? We're assembling to prayer because assembly's still required. Uh, we're going to church. Uh, we're going to go to pre-service prayer. Uh, we're going to show up to worship. Uh, we're going to show up to church. Uh, and there's miracles. Oh, somebody clap your hands and magnify him. Oh, come on. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. That's what happens when the church assembles. That's what happens when different backgrounds assemble. We might be different, but we embrace it. We've got unity when we pray. I don't expect everybody to see things my way. And I don't expect to see things your way. But when we pray, we can come together in unity. And when we come together in unity, there's people all across our city that are broken. And on our way to gather together, not to, not to talk about all the things we hate. On our way to gather, not to gossip. On our way to assemble together so that we can pray together. So we can become more unified. Amen. The Bible says there was a man. And they were able to deliver that man from his sickness. Acts chapter 4 verse 31. Almost done here today. Acts chapter 4 verse 31. And when they had, and when he had prayed... When she had prayed, when one person got there and had a private prayer meeting, there's a time and place for that, but that's not what I'm talking about here tonight. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were. What were they assembled for? Prayer. The place was shaken. You want shaken church? I, I feel like we've been having it around here. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like we've been having some shaken church around here. I've seen people start throwing things down in their spirit uh, that they never thought they would throw down. I've seen people making changes in their life that they never thought possible. What I see God drawing people all over this city in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, why? Because there's a church that says we're going to assemble so that we can pray. And they were all, not just some, not just one, not the one that was praying real good and really seeking, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe that God will fill everybody with the Holy Ghost when we gather together and we pray. Well, I haven't spoken tongues in a long time. All right, let's come to pre-service prayer. Because there is a thing called the world. I mean, there is something about walking through a field. You don't just walk through the field, but the field gets on you. Sometimes you need to come in the prayer room and shake all that off. 
Some folks say, God, God, I really need change. I really need you to shake some things up in my life. Uh, amen. But don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together for corporate prayer. There's nothing like hitting that prayer meeting. You might have had the worst day of your work week, uh, but God can shake it up. Uh, and all of a sudden, he shakes off all the mentalities. Uh, he shakes off all of the things going on in your brain, uh, all the things that are affecting your heart. Uh, and then, guess what happens? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. You know the best thing you can do to help me as your pastor? Pray. It makes it a lot easier when I know I'm not going to, I don't have to worry about tiptoeing around that because I might offend that person. I know I can tell them the truth, and maybe I'm not even thinking about a particular individual, but I know I can just tell them what God has given to me, and I don't have to preface a whole lot because I'm not trying to be insensitive, but I can say it, and they can receive it. Why? Because they were in the prayer room. They assembled together to pray. The place was shaken. The Holy Ghost fell. It led to boldness, not timidity. The preacher could preach. People got saved. People got unified. And can you believe it? Finish the chapter. People started giving like they'd never given before. People got generous. People saw miracles, signs, and wonders. There was Holy Ghost demonstration. Where did it start? It started in the prayer room. It started when people assembled for a prayer meeting. Acts chapter 6, they assembled together to pray. I'm not going to read the verse. And they found seven men that God had told them, anoint them to go into the ministry. I believe that while we're having a prayer meeting, God can start calling young people. Let me help you, though. I believe that when we get together to pray, God can start calling older people, middle-aged people. I believe that when we gather together to pray, God can call children. Hey, don't think it's just young people that got gifts and callings. There's people that got dormant gifts and callings they've had for 60 years, and God wants to use them. But where does it come from? It comes from a prayer meeting. Acts chapter 8, Philip already went down to Samaria. He'd already done all the work. He had baptized people, and they said, we don't know what to do. And so they called Peter and John, who coming down, prayed. They started a prayer meeting. Nobody was getting the Holy Ghost, and they didn't know why, what was wrong. But when Peter and John showed up, who had been used to going to the church together for corporate prayer, they said, we know the remedy. we got to gather together. we got to assemble together to pray. And can you believe it? Everybody started getting the the Holy Ghost. Samaria received the word. Samaria was baptized. But when they assembled for corporate prayer, everybody got the Holy Ghost. Can I preach it for just a moment? There was a witch doctor by the name of Simon. And when they had a prayer meeting, even the witch doctor, he got the Holy Ghost too. I believe that God can call people that were addicted to drugs and give them the Holy Ghost when we pray. I believe that God can pull people out of false religion when we pray. I believe God can call people that are devil worshipers out of devil worship when we pray. I believe God will fill the witch with the Holy Ghost when we pray. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Almost done. I want to make sure I get out of here in time. Got a lot I could say. Acts chapter 12, verse 5. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. Preachers in prison. I've seen that a few times. I've been there myself. Preacher in prison. 
You know what? If you read the context in this, James had just been taken to prison and beheaded. What was the difference between Peter and James? Not one was better than the other. Here's the next word. But prayer was made. I, have to, I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm going to give my speculation. They had, they had seen James go in, and James got beheaded. And then they see Peter go in, and they thought, oh, no. we got to learn from that mistake. I'm tired of seeing people fall. I'm tired of seeing preachers fall, preachers' families fall. I'm tired of seeing saints fall and people backslide. Amen. I, I wonder if there's anybody that will rise up in this generation and say, I'll pray for you, and I'll pray with you. But prayer was made uh, without ceasing, uh, not of one individual, not of one person with a burden, uh, but it was made uh, of the church unto God for him. What would happen if the church assembled and we started saying, God, uh, get him out of prison. Uh, God, uh, free the preacher. Uh, God, free the backslider. Uh, what would happen? I know there's some folks, uh, you were bound by all sorts of things, uh, but you walked into an apostolic church just like this or this one itself, uh, and there was a church that was praying uh, without ceasing, uh, and the shackles fell off. You know what did it? Uh, people assembled together for corporate prayer. It got so insane. Peter walked out of prison. The angel said, get up. He thought it was a vision. Peter's always got problems with that. Well, you really set me free? And guess what? He showed up to church. What would happen if the church had said, we're going to assemble to pray? When we go to that prayer reading, I'm not just mumbling words. I'm praying for people, and I'm saying, God, would you bring them back to the house of the Lord? God. They might still be in church right now, but I know they're afflicted. Uh, they might have sickness, uh, but God, we're praying right now. Uh, and you might be praying something a little different, but we're gathered together, assembled together to pray. Uh, and I'm saying, God, let your glory fall on them. Uh, God, let there be liberation. Uh, I don't know what's happening in that moment. Uh, I'm, I'm too busy praying to find out uh, if there's angels being dispatched. Uh, but I got enough faith to know uh, that if I pray and if we pray together as a church, uh, that God will go to bars uh, and he'll pull them off of bar stools. Uh, that God will go to neighborhoods we may not be able to get into and it'll begin to reach to them. Uh, God will go to youth centers and God will go to prisons and God will go to juvenile halls and God will begin to pull them out. Oh, somebody lift up your hands and let's pray. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's pray in the name of Jesus. I believe, I believe that when we assemble together, because I realize that assembly is still required. I'm not skipping prayer meeting. I'm not skipping pre-service prayer. Not because I'm afraid the pastor might call me out on it. No, I want to know what God will do. I want to see what God can accomplish in that service. I want to see what God will do through that week. Brother Machado, we've been praying together, and I believe that's, that's going to help. I believe God's reaching right now to your daughter. And I don't just believe God's going to bring healing. I believe God's going to bring salvation. Does anybody believe with me? Because that's the key. We pray together. We believe together. And we see it together. Acts chapter 13, the church assembled to pray. Paul and Barnabas were released as missionaries. There will be missionaries come out of this church. But it comes from a praying church. Acts chapter 16, 
And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all their doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loosed. I believe in corporate prayer like I've been talking about with everybody. But let me just use some things real quick. Matthew 18 and 19. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree at earth as touching anything that you shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together, assembled together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Yes, I believe in corporate prayer as in everybody. But maybe it's not a possibility in certain circumstances. Paul and Silas, they don't have all of the church around them. But they also recognize that what they do have is they had each other. I believe that people that outside of normal church times and normal church activities, I believe there's revival when two or three men, two or three ladies. I know some folks that use this to excuse why their church has not grown in 40 years, but that's not what this verse is talking about. It's when two or three are saying, hey, if there's ever a moment where we can't get us all together, coronavirus, husbands and wives can say, let's pray together. We're going to get the same power as corporate prayer right now. Not that we're skipping. No, 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 no. But we're going to pray right now. And the prison doors begin to shake. And then all of a sudden, uh, where two or three were assembling, it still counted. Uh, it was an off night. It wasn't a public event. Uh, they assembled with a prayer partner. They assembled with somebody that they have an accountability with. Uh, and miracles still transpire. Acts chapter 20, they assembled together. They prayed. And God raised a young man from the dead. Finally, 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. I want to stop right there and say, if my people... But then it continues on. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that's made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house, that my name may be there forever in my eyes, and my heart shall be there perpetually. Again, you can have a prayer meeting just two people. I believe in that. But not as an excuse to get away from corporate prayer. Because guess what? God shows up to corporate prayer too. He shows up. And he sees all of his people that are assembling in that place, Brother Mark. In that little prayer room back there may not be much right now. And he says, I want to bless those people with something bigger. I want to bless those people with something more. If they'll use what they got, I'll give them what they don't got. He looks down at people that are praying together and says, if they could have that unity with just that amount of people, what would happen in Carson City if I started pulling people and bringing them to the church? you show up and assemble together so does Jesus just in case you're wondering Jesus doesn't skip church Jesus doesn't skip prayer Jesus doesn't skip those moments that you and I are gathered and assembled together for love and good works Jesus shows up to potluck too because he's there trying to help and bless his people would you lift up your hands I'm done teaching would you pray here today 
I feel a wonderful spirit of God in this house. I feel the power of God because there's people that have been gathering, assembling together to pray. As a church has been praying, there's people that have been coming by the building to pray. People praying together. There's unity here. There's miracles here. There's boldness here. There's authority here. There's miracles here because there's people assembled together to pray here. I want to open up this altar. Would you come and assemble in this altar to pray? If you, if you feel comfortable with it, I don't want to make anybody that's got health conditions offended or anything, but please, would you assemble in this altar? This is corporate prayer right now. And would you begin to pray? Amen. Pray knowing your brothers and sisters that right there with you. Pray knowing there's somebody else that's calling out on the same name of the Lord that you are. Pray. I believe God will answer your prayer requests because you're praying with somebody else right now. I believe that God can work right where you are because you're praying in the same place as somebody else. Somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. Let his house be called the house of prayer for all people. Come on, when you come, I want you to bring your needs. I want you to bring all of the problems in your life. And I want you to believe that before you leave this corporate prayer meeting in this altar, that God is going to work it out. That God's going to make a way. You might have struggles that you don't know how you're going to overcome. But God can let the shackles go free right now as you're praying. You might be sick in your body, but that lame man was healed when they're on their way to pray. Come on, pray somebody. Let's do it together in Jesus' name.
on if it's appropriate, you're comfortable with it. Why don't you find somebody and lay your hand on the shoulder of them and begin to pray with them. I love 